today's edition of the transition guy my name is Peter Balker and with me today I've got a gentleman from the other side of the world Mark Pinto welcome Mark thank you sir. now how long have you been in business Mark I've been in business now for 20 yeah just more than 20 years 22 years and when you started your business what was your original business I started off with selling beads, that was when I was really young, but yeah. my, uh, the first break was when I started to do tattooing and piercing. So you were doing tattooing and piercing, now how did you get interested in tattooing and piercing? Uh, I grew up with it around me, so I got my tattoos when I was a young age, okay. I started to mix with my friends that had shops, and then from there it just moved on. So you actually enjoyed doing the work? I didn't do the work back then, you know, I just was around the people, so I knew everything about the work. But when you started your business... Yes, I, that was the only thing I knew, so I thought it would make good sense to actually do something. So I started my first business, doing tattooing. And you actually and you were doing the work, and, oh, you, yeah. and you loved it. I was trading time for money, that's what I was doing. And I, you know, I loved it, yeah. And, that's a lot, <laughs> and a lot of entrepreneurs that get into business, this is exactly how they get into business. They find something that they enjoy doing, yep. they don't want to work for somebody else, no. so they, they create themselves a job. That's correct, a job. And when you first started your job, what was your aspirations? Was it just to get a good living? Yeah, it was to build a good living, a build a you know reputation, a portfolio brand. But I didn't have enough foresight. I just didn't know how to do it well enough. I did the very conventional way that everybody thought, I want to start a business and I'm going to give it my best shot. Uh -huh. And that's how I'm going to do it. There weren't much courses around to tell you what's the right and wrong way to do a business. Uh, how do you build teams, how do you connect a network, how do you not think of competition. None of that is, you know, it's, 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 it's not never taught. So when you actually first started, did you actually fall into the trap hmm. of when you wanted more money, you would just work longer hours? Everybody does. And, and that's a really important distinction. A lot of yeah. people think that they can sort of work their way out of trouble the harder I work the easier my life becomes but I was with a guy called Troy Casey about six weeks ago and he said something quite poignant there and he's a health and fitness nut he'll call himself the certified health nut and he said that you cannot out train a bad diet mm -hmm. and I do believe that in business you cannot outwork a lack of knowledge mm -hmm. and that's what a lot of people try to do they try to outwork it if I work really, really hard, I can outwork the stuff I don't understand. Yeah. But you hit a brick wall. Yeah. And so many entrepreneurs I've met, they've just burnt out, yeah. where they've just worked so hard, mm. and they just crashed. So how did you overcome that? How did you get out that trap of exchanging that time for money? Yeah. Because if you think about it, doing tattoos yeah. is just doing tattoos, isn't it? Yeah. You become really good at the artistry, mm. therefore people just want you That's because right. you are very good at what you do. Correct. So you kind of create yourself your own prison. Yeah, exactly right. How did you break out of prison? How did I break out of prison? Okay, so I, I was always into learning. Okay. Uh, and and uh, from a young age, my mom always taught me, you need to read a lot of good books, not just story books, but educational books, inspirational books, motivational books, you know? So, as, as a result, um, I have just been chasing mentors. Uh, for whatever I wanted to get into from a young age, I found a way, and whatever the price was, I'd figure a way to get it and go for it. Because that would give me a lot more leverage in terms of knowledge. 
uh, to expand my, my business and the ideas, you know, the skills. Well, and <laughs> that is actually quite a very different outlook mm -hmm. to perhaps what most entrepreneurs have. Mm -hmm. Because most people that go into business, they just see mentors mm. or outside help as being a weakness. You actually saw it as a catalyst. Yes. Yes, because, you know, I mean, you could go to school and learn the ropes of something you like doing and it'll cost you three years of your life. But you would, you know, if you found the right mentor that could give, uh, you know, similar value, but could give you the direction, uh, hand-holding if you might need, uh, you know, in a short space of time, but in exchange for some other value. In some cases, it was a monetary value. You know, so be it. You know, if you see some value in that, I saw, and I, and I went for it. And as a result, it just scaled me uh, to a different level each time I found a mentor because I could now be that person without the mistakes that I would make trying to do it myself, uh, you know, and at the same time I had someone to speak to that was a market leader. So choosing a market leader in the field that I wanted to get into or getting to know them, networking with them was something that I chose to follow and I got good at it. You know, I just kept following. Every time I wanted to get into something, I'll find the best person in the industry, I'll connect with, I'll find my way to put myself in front of it. If it meant flying uh, overseas, I'll do that, you know, because I saw the value in it. So take us through your transition. So you were doing the tattoos. What was your next step? How did you break out of prison? Uh, so I did my tattoos and then, uh, you know, it was still trading time for money, but I needed to build a team. Uh, my team were taking a lot of my knowledge and skills and they were leaving going to competitors. So I think in the first 10 years, I would have shared majority of my top staff with around eight of the best studios or emerging studios within my, my town. Uh, and I thought, that is bad for my business. It's good for my, uh, I guess, uh, well, you, you don't share these kind of things because it hurts the, the current business model back then. But the fact that they're going out means that they learn a lot from me. But now, how do I keep that within me? And that's a big fear for business owners. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to tra train my team and then they're just going to set up a competition with Correct. me. Correct. So I, I, I set up coming to Fast Forward and I uh, got the right tools uh, through iLab and stuff like that. Uh, and from, from the right tools of profiling and getting to know people's strengths and weaknesses, uh, I then found my team within. But how I led my team to stay was by giving them value and then building my brand at the same time. So part of mentorship, actually, when you give uh, value to a, a team member, you got to get it to a point where, I guess, they got to see so much value that if they leave, no one else can provide for it. So at the same time, I built my brand around that and the traction that I had walking through the door and the calls and all that meant that if they went somewhere else, they're not going to get that much work. You know, but if you stay here and you want more work, I'll teach you to be a specialist and to create, you know, kind of an industry uh, standard that no one else can compete with. But in-house, we have the leverage of the brand. So people are coming to you from the brand attraction and you're being a specialist getting all that job. So if you decide one day, for whatever reason, you want to go to another shop, you couldn't replicate that attraction because the attraction is coming to me. But I could then train someone else up to fill in their shoes. So they, they, knew, they knew the power of brand and the power of uh, uh, you know, value to them. So most of them, they don't want to leave. So in essence, I had that problem solved a long time ago. But I needed to look into it to find out what was the problem. So 
And how is your business model different today to what it was? So you started off doing tattoos. Mm -hmm. Where are you now? Uh, right now, from the tattooing and uh, scaling that business, I have uh, international tribal art business and collection. Um, and I have a restaurant, which is a two-level that we're going to split into two different businesses soon, and property as well within Malaysia, and uh, Bali and uh, Australia. And that's interesting. So for you to become the tattoo artist in the first place, yeah. you must have enjoyed art. I love art, You, yeah. you love drawing. Yeah. So eventually what's happened is that you've actually turned your job into a passion. Yes. yes. And into something quite unique. Because what Roger was saying was where before you were charging people, mm -hmm. you now charge people, what, 10 times more? Uh, not 10 times more. It's essentially double my charge in half the time. So it's, it's about four times. So four know, times so, as much. So, yeah. you, you, just, you now, your tattoos are artwork. Yes. So they pay for the artwork, yes. not the actual labor in creating. Yeah, they, they pay for a lifetime memory, right? So you could go to anyone and get a tattoo and it's a moment. It could be a moment, it could be just their art or they might not want to do it for you. You know, I don't like this, I don't like that. Uh, for me, it's all about the customer. I listen to the customer, we create something different, we build a relationship along the way, but there is a cost to the, the product. Right, so I'm not selling a service anymore, I'm selling a product. The product is the end piece. The product is your memory. Right? So if I'm selling you a memory, you can't really put a cost to it. But if I'm going to give you extra value in terms of getting the memory, like half the pain, half the time, that's more value to you. You're, you're prepared to come to me. Uh, not, not only for reputation, but for, for customer service and for, you know, uh, what do you say? Uh, it's not that excruciating anymore, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's a bit more comfort. Yeah. And you talked about building a brand. So, what does your brand look like today? How do you mean by that? Like well, put it this way, you, you've created this brand. Mm -hmm. That brand also means that you're quite sought after as yes. an individual. Yep. So within your field of, sort of the, the whole tattoo artist area, mm -hmm. you are now what we call an expert. Yes, in a certain field I am, yes. So, I mean, the, the brand awareness comes, I mean, brand building is, you know, I mean, with different businesses, you can relate to a logo, for example. In, in our case, it's the name, mm -hmm. right? And, and the reputation. Brands are all about reputation as well, but uh, it's the name and the reputation and, and what it relates to with what we put out in terms of the artwork from all the different artists that we have, the specialists and all that. So, in terms of that leverage, people know us through the name and through trust. Uh, for the other businesses, it's also true name uh, and true taste, for example, for the restaurant. So mm -hmm. they, they know the name, the name is still new, they don't recognize the logo, all that. When they see it, they remember you know, something, uh, but the, the logo is not the powerful part of the brand, it's the name and the taste in the restaurant. For the restaurant business. Yes. So you've had an extraordinary journey. Mm -hmm. If you were to give three tips for entrepreneurs out there, okay. What would be the three tips you would give them? Okay, uh, one of which would be find a mentor, uh, pay for the right type of learning, uh, and give people value. The customer's always king. You Thank know? Yeah. And it's all about the customers. It's, it's all, all about, about the customers. How we add value to the market. That's it. That's just solely it. If you add value, you're not chasing the money, which a lot of businesses are set up to chase the money. But if you can give the value, you will get the returns regardless anyway. But you'll get more than the returns because they'll start speaking about you.
And that's how you built your business? That's how I built all my businesses. So Fantastic. once I got it down about giving value, the businesses can scale a lot faster because no one in my teams are chasing the money. They're chasing the customer satisfaction and the feedback. And as a result, when you can deliver higher, because it's all about test and measure, and when we can test and measure what the customer wants and make it better for free and better and better, then the word spreads like you know wildfire. And you, know, and you get money out of that. You know, so. And the one thing I would say, we use the word add value. Mm-hmm. Add value doesn't mean drop your price. Add value doesn't necessarily mean the cheapest. Mm-hmm. Add value is going beyond your service, yep. actually creating an experience for your customer that really can't be replicated by anybody else. That's exactly it, yeah. Thank you for coming on to today's episode. Thank you. So if anything, if people want to find out more about you, where do they go? Uh, Socially, on Facebook and Instagram, I'm uh, at PintoMark, or you can go onto my website, it's markpinto.com, and I can be contacted via that channel. So entrepreneurs out there, if there's anything that you relate to on today's episode, please head over to Booker.com and get in contact. And remember, failing to learn is learning to fail.